When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode 74 of season 3 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. The Martin and Lewis show is the springboard for both Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis's careers transforming them from a popular club circuit comedy duo to international film, TV, music, and radio stars. In 1949, the duo was approached by NBC to do a comedy show, despite their being relatively unknown to radio audiences, mostly being famous mainly through the club act and their appearance in the film My Friend Irma. After the first broadcast, reviews were average, and it was questionable if the show would be successful. By 1950, Lewis hired comedy writers Norman Lear and Ed Simmons to become the show's regular writers, and the show took off. It ran until July 14, 1953. Now sit back and enjoy the May 15th and May 22nd, 1949 broadcasts of The Martin and Lewis Show. We must get a big laugh. Jerry, make a funny face. <laughs> it's The Martin and Lewis Show. The National Broadcasting Company brings you transcribed from New York, The Martin and Lewis Show. Our guest tonight, Arthur Treacher, and featuring Flo McMichael, Dexter Beale and his orchestra, and starring Dean Martin. I'm in the mood for love, simply because you're near me, funny, but when you're near me. And Jerry Lewis. You say you're in the mood for love. Well, love is life, and life is love. I love life, and love life's lead. Look, I'll be all right. <laughs> Candy kisses wrapped in paper mean more to you than any of mine Candy kisses Wrapped in paper You'd rather have them With any old time You don't mean it When you whisper Those sweet love words In my ear Candy kisses Wrapped in paper Mean more to you Than mine do, dear You did that last week You don't mean it When you whisper Those sweet love words In my ear Candy 
Today, Vogue magazine is sending over a lady reporter to do a story about Dean and Jerry. Since it promises to be the most important publicity break the boys have ever had, they're pretty excited. Right now, they're fixing up their little apartment so they can make a good impression during the interview. All right, come on, Jerry, get busy, get busy. Get busy? I'm working like a beaver dusting this furniture. I know you're working like a beaver, but couldn't you do it faster with your hands? (laughs) I hope you're going to comb your hair before the lady from Vogue gets here. What for? I combed it this morning. You combed it this morning, did you? Sure. It was very profitable, too. I found three marbles and 48 cents in change. <laughs> Stand aside, Jerry. I gotta hang this picture and, uh, now give me a nail. Okay, here. Thanks. <laughs> Haven't we got any shorter nails? Now we have to hang the picture, Dean. The plaster all came down on the floor. Yeah, well, hand me the picture. Okay. Boy, this is the most realistic picture of Whistler's mother I ever saw. It's almost lifelike, isn't it? Stop jiggling, Sonny. You'll toss me out of my rocking chair. (laughs) Oh, Jerry, quit with the imitations. We've got to work. We'll do some work here. Yeah, let's really fancy up the place. Hey, Jerry, I just noticed how you decorated the kitchenette. It's very pretty with those little strawberries all over the walls and ceiling. Thanks, but don't touch them. They're still wet. Well, what did you do? Paint them on with a brush? Nope. I just held a bottle of ketchup, smacked the bottom hard, and let the splash take it from there. Well, this Vogue reporter can't say our apartment isn't in good taste. That is, unless she hates ketchup. Oh, our apartment won't look so bad after we get it fixed, Dean. If we get it fixed. I wonder what we should do about the little hole down there in the baseboard. Yeah. Hey, I got it. We'll hemstitch the edges and tell her it's be kind to mice week. <laughs> Look, Jerry, I don't want to discourage you, but... uh... Hey, I got a package for Mr. Lewis. I'll leave it here in the hall. Gee, that's a heavy package for one delivery boy to carry. Oh, I wasn't always a delivery boy. I used to be a prize fighter. A prize fighter? Yeah, yeah, maybe you remember me. I fought one round Schultz for the championship. All during training, he used to stay out late in nightclubs, not me. I went to bed every night at nine. He used to eat fried foods and pastry and wine. I ate milk and vegetables. And we got into the ring. Yeah, we got into the ring. And you won? Now I beat my brains out. Hey, I'm that's sorry. funny. <laughs> he was going to win. And he said one round Schultz beat his brains out. <laughs> hey, buddy. Yeah? When did you fight Schultz, huh? When did I fight Schultz? Listen, you take that back or I'll punch you right in the nose You think Schultz was something I'll hit you so hard you'll... you'll, you'll... Hey, Dean, did he get away? Yeah, he got away You can come out from behind the sofa now Come on, I want to know what's in that package Oh, that's a bunch of food I ordered So we could entertain the lady reporter We better open it and put the shrimps on ice Are you sure they're uh, fresh? Fresh? These shrimps are so fresh, they walk over to your plate, flex their muscles, and dive into the red sauce. Well, how do you manage to eat them? When they come up fair, you gotta be quick. We could have ordered the food later. You should have stayed here and worked on the apartment. I did. You know that throw rug in the hall as you come in? 
The one that always slides forward and makes people fall down? Yeah, just try it now. Okay, I'll open the front door and I'll come in again. Ow! See, Dean? I couldn't do a thing with it. We gotta get that fixed before the lady from Vogue gets here, or she won't write us up. She'll sue us. Oh, Mr. Martin, I heard you groan. You didn't hurt that wonderful voice of yours, did you? No, ma'am. That wasn't where I landed. <laughs> Say, I've seen you before. Aren't you the president of that new fan club of Dean's, the one that only takes in members over 50 years old? Yes, I'm Mrs. Taproot. And uh, how are all the members today, Mrs. Taproot? Oh, wonderful, Mr. Martin. They asked me to come by and tell you how wonderful your last program was. Of course, we listened to every one of your broadcasts, Mr. Martin. But, Mrs. Taproot, I'm on a program, too. In between Dean's songs. That's my voice you hear. <laughs> Not on our radio. We have a static eliminator. <laughs> oh, I hope I'm not disturbing you, Mr. Martin Oh, not at all We're busy fixing up our apartment for a lady who's coming to write an article about us Oh, my, it looks real nice Mmm, and that aroma It smells so exotic and mysterious uh, Did you light some incense? No, that's me, I'm chewing pistachio sensen <laughs> Oh, it's very nice It smells sort of like Mr. Martin's sound Jerry, if you say one word, I'll break your neck what do I get for thinking? I, uh, I guess you weren't kidding about uh, all the fan club members being 50 years old, Mrs. Tabrew. No, except I have a confession to make. I liked you so much I fibbed to get into the club. I'm only 30 years old. Gee, Dean, if Mrs. Tabrew's only 30, she must have hit 50 so hard she bounced. <laughs> Jerry. Well, I... I should have said practically 30. Actually, I'm just sailing happily into my 40s. Sailing into your 40s? Yes. Gosh, it's too bad you went by way of Cape Horn. <laughs> Jerry, you should think before you speak. I don't understand this fan club at all, Mrs. Taproot. I thought it was only the young girls who swoon when Dean sings. Well, we may not drop as fast as the young girls, but once we go down, we stay longer. <laughs> Well, that's, that's very flattering Oh, and not only that, Mr. Martin When you send us older girls, we go faster We already know the way <laughs> But I mustn't wear my Malcolm out Goodbye, we'll be listening Sunday Bye, Miss Taproot Isn't she a nice lady, Jerry? I'm glad she didn't slip on this throw rug like I did Who's there now? It's me, the manager We'll have it in the morning Open up this door at once. What's the meaning of all these complaints I've gotten about you two making a lot of noise in there? We're only doing a little decorating, and we were using very soft ketchup. <laughs> all right, I'll open the door myself. What do you mean, decorating? Oh, good heavens. You've put nails in my walls. You've cracked my beautiful plaster walls. You've ruined my ceiling. You've... <laughs> but the floors are still slippery, aren't they? Here, let me help you up. You see, we were just fixing the place up a little. Fixing it up? That's right. See what we did there in the kitchenette? How do you like it? Ah! <laughs> now, that's an interesting criticism. <laughs> Look, as long as you're the manager, I got a complaint, too. For six months, you've been promising us a door on the bathroom. Well? Well, nothing. We're getting tired of taking showers with our clothes on. <laughs> Look, we don't insist on the door. We just want to have a nice place to receive a reporter this afternoon. You're too easy, Dean. I'll take care of this. Now, listen, we rent this place and we'll improve it all we want. Now, you listen. 
You forgot to pay your rent last week, so get out. That's final. Out. Well, Jerry? Gee, now we got no place to live and no place to meet that report and nowhere to go. And Dean? What? I made a boo-boo. Well, this is a fine mess you got us into, Jerry. We've been to eight hotels trying to get a decent place, and we can't afford any of them. I know, Dean. It's all my fault. Not a woman from Vogue can't interview us. What? She won't be able to find us, and she'll hate us. Oh, Jerry. No, no, we're washed up. Finished. Through. What? We're washed up. Finished. Through. <laughs> oh, Jerry, straighten up and stop the crying instantly. Okay, Dean. I'll stop. Anything you say. And stop the sniffling, too. Now you don't like me either. <laughs> Jerry, of course I like you. Now stop crying. When I get us in trouble like this, Dean, I get so discouraged. I think I'll do something desperate. End it all. End it all? Yes, and I know how. I'll sneak up behind those bushes at the YWCA swimming pool, climb up to that little window, and look myself to death. <laughs> Oh, stop bragging. You blush when you see a clothesline on a windy day. Now, here's another hotel. Let's go in the lobby and see how it looks. Okay, Dean, I'll race you. Race you. Jerry, what happened? You know how much fun I always have running up on the down escalators and running down on up escalators? Yes. Well, you can't do it with a revolving door. <laughs> hey, there's the desk clerk. Yeah, we'll go talk to him as soon as he finishes with the, the customer at the desk. Now, look, I told you before, the maids have been complaining that you're eating peanuts in bed. Now, I'll give you one more chance. Go on back to your room, but remember, no more eating peanuts in bed. Well, come on, Jerry. Wait, Dean. I want to see that elephant get on the elevator. <laughs> Well, now's our chance to talk to the desk clerk. Oh, uh, my good man. Sorry, I've got all the shoestrings I need. <laughs> We're not peddlers. We want a suite of rooms. Oh, well, we have a nice four-room suite. It's $100. $100 a month or a week? A day. Now, about those shoestrings. <laughs> well, I guess we better go, Jerry. We can't afford these prices. Look, coming across the street, Jerry, it's Florence. Hey, Florence, I thought you were coming over to help us fix up our apartment for the interview. Oh, I've been working on your fan mail all morning. You had four letters. You spent all morning on four letters? Did you get them answered? No, just counted. <laughs> hey, Dean, I ought to see a psychiatrist. She sounds sensible to me. Slow, just counting four letters in a whole morning, but I had trouble after I passed two. What comes next? Four or three? I can't believe anyone would have trouble with one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. That's right. You see, I was close. <laughs> Florence, if you have such trouble with numbers, why don't you count on your fingers? Oh, that's silly. I know how many fingers I have. 
Ah, look, Florence, we're in trouble. We got thrown out of our apartment. Now we've got no place to receive this lady from Vogue magazine. Yeah, and she'll be sore. She's probably one of those hoity-toity dames. Hoity-toity? What does that mean? Well, you know what hoity means. That's like a little baby hoit. And toity is one more than 29. So altogether, it means when you get to be nearly toity, a baby will fall on you and hoit you. That's hoity-toity. <laughs> Sometimes I think you're battier than a fruitcake. Battier than a fruitcake? <laughs> Florence, it's not battier than a fruitcake. It's battier than a belfry. <laughs> I think you're both nuttier than a coffee ring. Oh, I bet you say that to every fruitcake you meet. <laughs> this is all very pleasant, but it's not helping us get our picture in vogue. Mr. Lewis, you mean your picture will be in the magazine just like a man of distinction? Jerry doesn't drink. He'd look pretty silly sitting there with a glass of Dr. Brown's celery tonic in his hand. Don't kid yourself about Jerry Lewis. Last night I had two Zimby cocktails. You mean zombies? No, Zimbies. It's soda pop with two yeast cakes in it. Wow. <laughs> shame you aren't important actors like my dream man, Arthur Treacher. You could get a nice place easy. What's Arthur Treacher got to do with it? Oh, he's so wonderful. I just saw him go into the Astor Hotel. Arthur Treacher? In the Astor Hotel? Jerry. I'm way ahead of you, Dean. Let's go. Boy, what a luxurious hotel, huh, Dean? Boy. All right, it's luxurious. Why make such a big fuss? Oh, gee, Dean, I never saw gold-plated mice before. <laughs> You're Mr. Arthur Treacher, aren't you? Yes. Uh, you're the actor uh, from Hollywood. Yes. Well, we're actors from Hollywood, too. Yes. And we'd like to ask a favor. Favor? I'd love to accommodate you, but unfortunately, I checked out yesterday. You can't fool us, Mr. Treacher. I'd recognize you anyway. You're so tall and distinguished. Oh, you think I'm tall and distinguished, eh? You bet. Why, you look just like Mickey Rooney on stilts. <laughs> Mickey Rooney on stilts? Yes, sir. Tell me, are you really that tall, or did your elevator shoes get stuck between floors? <laughs> well, confidentially, I'm three midgets. I used to be an acrobatic act. Now, go on, scram urchin. No autographs today. All right, I'll do the talking, Jerry. Mr. Treacher, I'm Dean Martin, and this is Jerry. Oh, how cute. Is he pedigreed? <laughs> hey, look there. I'm Jerry Lewis. I'm on a radio. Jerry Lewis? Oh, my word. I'm very sorry for what I said about the way you look. Well, that's better. If you're Jerry Lewis, you've got a right to look that way. <laughs> Now, wait a minute, Mr. Treacher. Jokes are my racket. I tell jokes for a living. You're quite sure? That they're jokes? No, that you're living. <laughs> Mr. Treacher, I'd like to know one thing. And what would that be? Are you for real? Ah, <laughs> oh, Jerry. Well, I got a right to be sore. He won't even let us ask the favor. He's going to ruin my chance of getting in vogue. You in vogue? That's right. Good heavens, surely you're not going to try to model a strapless sunsuit. Now, just a minute, Mr. Treacher. You are kidding us. A man modeling a strapless sunsuit. No one would even consider that. I would, but I'm only 22 years old. What do I know? Young man, have you 
always be this way, or do you take pills to make you so punchy? <laughs> Jerry's not really punchy. He just, uh, you know, got that glazed look from eating too many donuts this morning. Listen here, Dean Martin. I'm not going to stand here and have you acid... acid I, uh, uh, how do you pronounce that word, Bob? <laughs> have you acidify me? Jerry. I'm not kidding. I didn't know how to say it. What do you want? <laughs> Dean Martin, you ridicule me in public. You won't let me sing on our show. And when you do, you make me sing funny. And I'm getting sick of it. Do you hear? Sick, sick, sick. <laughs> Jerry, you keep talking like that and you know what it means. No, Dean. Yes. No. Yes. No. Not the cod liver oil. I'm big now. I'm not the lovable little toddler in rompers who touched your heart in the early days. I'm a man of the world. I can't stand that horrible stuff. The spoon in your hand coming closer, closer, ever closer to my protesting lips. No, no, no. Ah! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen... You have just heard a ham that even armors couldn't cure. <laughs> Mr. Martin, will you please get that bebop version of Uncle Tom's cabin out of here? Not until you've heard what we have to say, Mr. Treacher. Well, what do you have to say? I'll tell you. In the first place, this is a pretty nice joint you got here. This joint just happens to be a penthouse. A penthouse? Certainly. When I'm in New York, I always like to have some place to change my pence. <laughs> Change his pants. <laughs> change his pants. Yeah, change his pants. <laughs> well, now about that favor we wanted to ask. Yes, I knew the joke couldn't have been that funny. Well, the truth is, Mr. Treacher, we wanted to borrow your penthouse just for this afternoon. Yeah, to make an impression on a reporter from Vogue. Now, will you help us out? I categorically refuse to consider any portion of such a dastardly proposition. My final summation is an absolute negative. Well, out with it, yes or no? <laughs> Jerry, what he said meant no. But, Dean, we gotta have this place. We gotta store, I know. You sing to him while I try to think of something. Well, we can't lose anything. How about listening to a song, Mr. Treacher? I also categorically refuse to consider any portion of such a ridiculous subterfuge. And again, my final summation is an absolute negative. Well, thank you. You're going to like this number. <laughs> I hope. If I only had three wishes... Here is just what I would do First I'd wish for days of gladness With someone sweet and true For my second wish to dream house Cozy fireside for two And the last of my three wishes Please love me as I love you For my second wish a dream of Cozy 
fireside for two. And the last of my three wishes, please love me as I love you. Hey, that was wonderful, Dean. Wasn't it, Mr. Treacher? Now, you see, we're really fellow actors. You've got to lend us your apartment. What do you say? Pretty please with sugar on it? No. Pretty please with honey on it? No. Pretty please with molasses on it? Mr. Lewis, you're dripping all over the carpet. <laughs> ah, come on, Jerry, it's no use. And you didn't help matters any putting on that strapless sunsuit. Oh, it's not a real strapless sunsuit. It's just a long pair of shorts. What holds it up? American Airlines. <laughs> well, get in the next room and put your other clothes back on. I have to answer the door. Oh, Mr. Treacher, I just had to come and see you in person. Why, Florence. Mr. Treacher, this is our secretary, Florence McMichael. Please, please, young lady, control yourself. I can't help it. My knees are knocking. Haven't you ever seen a girl with her knees knocking before? Yes, but not against mine. <laughs> Hey, what are you doing here, Florence? Oh, I couldn't help it. I had to come and see Mr. Treacher. He's so romantic. Just a minute there, Ingrid. He's an English actor, not an Italian director. <laughs> must keep your head, girl, when I wait for you on the night. After all, I'm really not as handsome as Errol Flynn, quite. Errol Flynn, pooey. Well, how about Alan Ladd or Clark Gable? Alan Ladd, pooey, Clark Gable, pooey. Or uh, Walter Pitton. I say, how about Walter Pitton? Walter Pigeon. Ah. Yes, I should have desisted when I was Victor. <laughs> hey, Florence really goes for you, Mr. Treason. I'm not surprised, you know. As a child, I knew I was going to be a great romantic figure. When I was six, I used to make love to the upstairs maid and the downstairs maid, but I had to quit. Why'd you have to quit? Well, I was wearing out the seat of my trousers on the banister. Goodness, Mr. Treacher, you're so wonderful. I bet you're going to help Mr. Martin and Mr. Lewis with their interview. Gee, could you, Mr. Treacher? Let's see, you want to impress this reporter from Vogue, eh, Dean? Mm -hmm. But what about, uh, you know who? <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with me. I'm full of social graces. I'm in demand at all social functions. Really? Sure, last year I officially opened the tea season by throwing out the first bag. My, my, how he would have loved the third grade, wouldn't he? I'll take that, Mr. Treach, if you're going to help us. Maybe you could act like our butler. I'll never play a butler part again. My roles are all alike. Every time my master has a beautiful girl on the sofa, I have to bring in the drinks. Well, what about it? Well, I'm tired of being water boy. I want to be sent into the game. <laughs> But think how impressive it would be if you were my butler. You want me to act as a gentleman's gentleman? Impossible. But why? Well, one gentleman short. Ah, <laughs> uh, couldn't you stretch a point and do it just this once? Oh, well, all right. You know, in my last 50 pictures, I've been a gentleman's gentleman. I am now a schmo-schmo. <laughs> Florence, call Miss Trenton and tell her to meet us here instead of our apartment. Oh, boy, we're gonna live. I'll get the door. 
That must be her, Dean. How shall I act? Well, let's see. Uh, formal, but still friendly. Formal, but friendly, yeah. Miss Trenton of Vogue magazine. Well, hello, Miss Trenton. I'm Dean Martin. This is Jerry Lewis. Hello. How do you do? You want a neck? <laughs> I've been dying to do this interview of you boys because I've been so utterly, utterly curious. And I'd like to ask Jerry the first question. Oh, sure. Anything. What is it? Are you for real? <laughs> Sometimes I'm not for sure. <laughs> you see, I haven't been too well. Naturally, in my position, I went to the best specialists in the country. The Mayo Brothers? No, Hart, Schaffner, and Marx. What was their diagnosis? Growing pains. The agony was unbearable. And what did they recommend? A larger suit. <laughs> you see, Miss Trenton, being a comedian, Jerry just, you know, this way quite often. Actually, he's well-educated, cultured, and a college man. Certainly, Miss Trenton, I have every degree offered by Yale. A Ph.D.? I don't know for sure. How do you pronounce it? <laughs> Jerry, old boy, surely there's something you can do in the other room. Why don't you see about the refreshments? Oh, sure. I'll put on my baseball shoes and go spike the punch. <laughs> well, what about you, Mr. Martin? Oh, the usual dull thing, you know. Born extremely wealthy. Uh, I remember when I was a young uh, little boy and how our butler used to answer the telephone when we got a call. That impressed you? Yes, it was fun to watch him racing down six flights of steps to the candy store. <laughs> Treacher's busy with the crumpet warming, so I'm serving a spot of tea, Miss Trenton. Oh, why, uh, yes, thank you. Righto, here you are. Oh! Gerald, when she says she wants a spot of tea, she means she wants to drink it. You don't slosh it on her sleeve, you know. <laughs> oh, sorry. Here, have some lemon. And that doesn't go on her sleeve either. <laughs> Never mind. Mr. Martin was just telling me of his wealthy birth. What about you, Mr. Lewis? Oh, ditto and pip-pip. I was brought up in the lap of luxury. We were so rich, I wore chinchilla diapers. <laughs> My goodness, chinchilla diapers? Yes. Made from live chinchillas, of course. <laughs> Perhaps it would be of interest to your readers to know that Gerald and I recently returned from Europe for the polo, yeah. Oh, so you've been to Europe. I presume you went via the Queen Mary. Oh, so you've heard of our yacht. <laughs> And I must make a note that you play polo. I'm impressed. Oh, it's nothing. Uh, it's a simple game, and if you happen to be dealt the right cards, you win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this interview isn't going quite as I anticipated. Uh, what about the nightclubs? <laughs> oh, perhaps we were seen last night. Dean and I did take a copy of debutants to the store club. Oh, to the store club? Yes, it was such a kick. Slumming, you know. <laughs> interview is very curious. Could I speak to your butler? Oh, quite, quite. Treat you. Yeah. I'd like to ask you one question. Are these boys really big society personages? Oh, it's the truth. They really are. So help me, Sir Cedric Hardwick. <laughs> now, look, I've seen the Martin and Lewis act too often to believe that. And further, I've seen Arthur Treacher in too many movies not to recognize him. I also know that this is Mr. Treacher's penthouse. And I know that you two boys were evicted from your apartment today. I'd suggest you put your cards on the table. Okay. All right. Now, what have you got to say? Well, how about a couple of hands of polo? <laughs> Ma 
Martin and Lewis Show, transcribed in New York, is produced and directed by Robert L. Redd and written by Ray Allen, Dick McKnight, Roger Price, and Sid Resnick. This is Wayne Howell suggesting you tune in to your NBC station each Sunday evening at this same hour for the Martin and Lewis Show. And we thank Mr. Arthur Treacher for coming Mr. over. Mr. Arthur Treacher. Thank you, Arthur. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's the Martin and Lewis Show. Applause. The National Broadcasting Company brings you transcribed from New York, the Martin and Lewis Show. Our guest tonight, John Garfield, and featuring Flo McMichael, Dick Stabile and his orchestra, and starring Dean Martin... Come to me, my melancholy baby Cuddle up and don't be blue And Jerry Lewis Come to me, my melancholy baby I give you love and everything else, baby Cars, diamonds, pearls, penthouses, castles, yachts I got a lucky box of Cracker Jacks <laughs> Well, I can't give you anything but love, baby. That's the only thing I've plenty of, baby. You dream a while and you scheme a while. You're sure to find happiness. And I guess, well, all the things you think that are fine for G, but I'd like to... See you looking swell, baby. Diamond bracelets, Woolworth ain't gonna sell to you, Fargo. To that lucky day, you know darn well, baby. I can't give you anything but love, gee. But I'd like to see you looking swell. Baby, diamond bracelets were worth ain't gonna sell to you, baby, till that lucky day, you know darn well, baby, well, I can't give you anything but love. Ever since the boys teamed up three years ago, Dean has been meaning to do something about getting Jerry to build himself up physically. But you know how those things go. We find them in their apartment just getting up in the morning. Oh, boy, I feel great today. What a day to be alive. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. You're right, Dean. It is a beautiful day. I think I'll stick my head out and get a great big deep breath of that fresh air. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha!
Jerry, you didn't hurt yourself, did you? Nah, I didn't hurt myself. And the window hasn't got a pain either. <laughs> All right, I just woke up. Yeah, but not enough. Jerry, remember that little talk we had last night about your condition? Yeah, and we decided that I got to build myself up today. Right, and we'll start by going to a gym and taking a good workout. Remember, health is wealth. Health is wealth? What's that got to do with me? Well, look at you. You're bankrupt. <laughs> Seriously, Jerry, I'm worried about you. Things are different today with us. We, we have new responsibilities. Yeah, I know. Three shows a night at a nightclub, a radio show each week. Motion pictures, personal appearances, benefits. Yeah, it's fun. But it's a tough schedule. And that's exactly why we have to keep in shape. I'm really worried about you, partner. Me? Don't worry about me. I'm super healthy. Why, I've got the endurance of a mule. I've got the strength of a lion. And athletics? Ah, why, I'll dive and I'll race and I'll run and I'll jump and... And Dean... What? I'm exhausted. <laughs> See, that's just what I meant. And I'm, I'm going to do something about it. Now, today you're going to eat the right kind of food. Today you're going to go to a gym and have a nice workout. And tonight you're coming home early. Yes, partner. And why did you come home so late after the last show last night? Oh, I stopped by Ruben's restaurant. I had half a date. Half a date? What do you mean? With a midget? No, that's not what I mean. Oh, well... That's the, what's this half a date? It's simple. I was there and she wasn't. You know, you might have better luck with girls if you build yourself up. I think you're right, Dean. But I can't help my size. I spent my first three months in an incubator. And I grew and grew and grew. And then came that happy day. They took you out of the incubator? Yeah, and put me into a thermos bottle. Oh, Jerry, quit it, will you? No, it's true, Dean. True that I, too, was once a 98-pound weakling. And then I turned the magazine page and saw that ad. He could make a giant of me. I bought the lessons. I worked. Yes, go on. Today, I am a 98-pound giant. <laughs> Look, no matter how much you stall, you're not going to get out of going to the gym, so get dressed. Jerry, what now? Every time I try to take a step, my trousers fall down. And so do I. Well, what do you want me to do? Hand me the scotch tape. You hold your trousers up with scotch tape? What's the matter? No belt? No hips. Why don't you use suspenders? No shoulders either. You sound like a guy who stumbled going through a revolving door. You're right, Dean. I should take better care of myself. And tomorrow morning, I'll get on a regular routine of exercising. What are you going to do? I'll set the alarm for 6 a.m., and when it rings, I'll jump out of bed. And then what? Then what? Isn't that pretty good for a start? <laughs> Jerry, uh, you got to be serious about this. Now, what you need is road work, health foods, calisthenics, vitamins, fresh vegetables, fruits, red meats, regular hours, lots of sleep, deep breathing, and fresh air. Stop already. I'm getting exhausted again. Well, I'm all dressed, Dean. Are you ready? Who is it? It's me. Well, hello, Florence. I got some fan letters for you to sign, the ones I secretaried yesterday, and I wanted to get here before Mrs. Taproot comes. Oh, the president of Dean's 50 Years and Older Ladies Fan Club? She coming? Yeah, she's coming to tell me all about the last meeting of my new fan club. Isn't that nice? I said, isn't that nice, Jerry? Who's jealous? <laughs> well, where are the letters that you have to be signed, Florence? Oh, here. I'm sorry I'm late, but I had a lot of trouble getting them written. Trouble? I thought you, uh, I thought I told you to type them on my Corona. That's just it. It isn't easy to type a letter on a cigar. <laughs> Fan letters answered on cigars. Hey, Dean, that might get us some new fans. With men who know tobacco best, it's Martin and Lewis, quarter to nine. Martin and Lewis, quarter to nine? Yeah, with the cigars, we can throw in a time signal. Florence, 
You know, you managed to get about three fan letters answered a day. I think you should do a little better than that or give up the job. Oh, I wouldn't give up the job. I'd just have to get another job and that'd be silly. You know what they say, a rolling stone gathers no moose. A rolling stone gathers no moose? <laughs> Florence, it's not a rolling stone gathers no moose. It's a rolling rock gathers no moose. Uh, this conversation could be happening, but I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mr. Lewis is pretty odd sometimes. He should take vitamin G. Vitamin G? What's vitamin G? Well, that's the vitamin you take that makes you strong enough to keep from getting punchy from all the other vitamins you take. Florence, I don't think you know very much about vitamins. Oh, sure I do. They're little men who run around inside you and do good things. Oh, Florence, vitamins aren't little men. That's silly. Gee, Mr. Lewis, you're always taking all the beauty and romance out of life. I think you're right about his taking some kind of vitamins, though. We were just talking about how Jerry doesn't attract girls very much. Yeah, a girl has to be careful. Tell me, do you think a girl should marry a man who's taller than she is? Why shouldn't a girl marry a man who's taller than she is? No, never ask me. <laughs> oh, what, Mr. Lewis? Yeah? How tall are you? Oh, I'm a very short little fellow. Much shorter than you. Come over here and we'll measure and I'll prove it. Okay, here I am. Should I stand up or kneel down like you're doing? You know, if it pays to be ignorant, you two are about ready to retire. It's a good line. I don't want to be inquisitive, Florence, but what kind of a man would you prefer? Oh, I like the mysterious type of man. A man that nobody sees, that nobody knows anything about, who lives a life of mystery. Go for Philip Morris! Well, I don't want to hold you up from going to the gym. I'll go mail the letters. Bye. Bye, Florence. You know something? Maybe I will go over to the gym with you, Dean. How about time I tie for me, huh? Why don't you learn to do these simple little things for yourself? I'm not going to mother you anymore. Oh, come on, Dean. How about it, huh, please? Well, all right. Here, stand still. There. Gee, thanks, Mom. <laughs> You're so good to me, Dean. You sure tie my tie good, Dean. You're always good to me, Dean. All right, I'm good, Dean. Now stop following me around. I can't. You got your fingers stuck in the knot. Ah, <laughs> uh, Jerry, stop your clowning. Let's get started. Ooh, that must be Miss Taproot. Come in. Oh, that wonderful voice. That glorious voice. Oh, you know the motto of our club, Mr. Martin. When our boy Deanie sings, we soar on love's own wings. Well, thanks, Mrs. Taproot. That's very nice. But all your club members are ladies over 50 years old. How much soaring can you do at that age? <laughs> Look, Sonny, jet propulsion wasn't invented by bobby socks, as you know. Uh, tell me, Mrs. Taproot, did you uh, listen in on last Sunday's uh, radio show? Oh, yes. And when our club members heard your voice, it's just miraculous. Well, what do you mean, miraculous? Oh, before you got halfway through your first song, Mrs. Crabtree's neuralgia and her leg went completely away. Well, that's me, Dean Martin, Boy Mayo Clinic. <laughs> and then there's Mrs. Blabola. She weighs 240 pounds. Mrs. Blabola's our literary member. Oh, she reads a lot, huh? Oh, no, not at all. But for a girdle, she uses bookends. <laughs> Gee, you're lucky, Dean. I'll bet even Crosby hasn't got a fan that's built like an encyclopedia. So your club really enjoys Dean singing, huh, Mrs. Taproot? Oh, yes. 
And our oldest member, Mrs. Primella, was so happy. Your singing made her feel 40 years younger. 40 years younger? Yes. If you'd sung a second chorus, she'd have backed all the way out of her old age benefits. <laughs> oh. Yep, from Margaret O'Brien to Marjorie Maine, when Deanie sings, they feel no pain. <laughs> Jerry, stop ad-libbing. That was a poem by Gerald Lewis, age two, who doesn't know any better. <laughs> well, Mrs. Taproot, I'm glad my voice seems to help your members out. Oh, yes. And since you did such wonders for Mrs. Crabtee's neuralgia, I was wondering if you could do anything about the water on my knee. Go ahead, Dean. Sing cruising down the river and hope for the best. <laughs> one thing I never quite understood, Mrs. Taproot, why didn't your fan club pick on one of the, uh, older singers? Well, you know, Mr. Martin, before our club switched over to you, we were fans of Nelson Eddy, you know, with his shortening bread and water boy. Well, what made you change to me? Well, we were tired of bread and water. We wanted meat and potatoes. Woo! Goodbye! Goodbye! Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, bye, Mrs. Taproot, bye. Well, I hey, guess... Dean. What? Remember when we started out as a team, you kept telling me that your singing would put us in a higher brackets? Yeah, what about it? I thought you meant money, not years. <laughs> You're just jealous because it isn't your fan club, and maybe we can do something about that. Come on, let's go to the gym and see if we can cure you of an acute case of skin and bones. Me skinny? <laughs> That's funny. Me skinny. <laughs> I am not. All right, you're not skinny. But why is it your suits always look fatter when they're on the hanger? They do? Yeah. And I didn't even know they were in love. Oh, what are you owing about? What do you want? Jerry, there's no use stalling. I'm still going to make you go down to the gymnasium and take that workout. You 98-pound giant, you. Okay, I'll make a deal with you. I'll get on the bathroom scales, and if I don't weigh more than 98 pounds, I'll go to that gym with you. Oh, this is a cinch. Come on. Puny boy, puny boy. Yes, you are my puny boy. I'll get on the bathroom scales in here. Okay, Dean. What does it say on the indicator now? Services will be held tomorrow. <laughs> well, come on, Jerry. We're off to the gymnasium, and I think I'd better carry you. Well, it was tough work, but Dean finally persuaded Jerry to go to the gym. Well, here's the gymnasium, Jerry. Gee, it's a nice-looking building. Hey, let's take a look through the window. Gosh, look at them all running and jumping around in their shorts. Did you ever see so many bare arms and legs? And just look at their physiques. Yeah, now let's go over to the men's side. <laughs> yes, gentlemen? Hello, I'm Jerry Lewis, and I'd like to build myself up. You want to build yourself up? Yeah, what do you recommend? A bottle of plasma and keep your fingers crossed. <laughs> Look, I've been telling Jerry about building himself up all morning. Haven't you got any trunks that'll fit him? What size you take, bud? 28. Well, here, try these. What size are they? 44. Were you ever in the Army? Yeah. Gee, once a supply sergeant, always a supply sergeant. <laughs> Say, I'll need a jersey, too. Want to see my chest? Sure. Would you mind pointing it out to me? <laughs> it's right there between my shoulders. Oh, I thought it was a mole. Okay. Inhale, and I'll measure it. <gasps> Very interesting. 
Four inches. Four inches expansion? No, just four inches of chest. <laughs> Look, mister, I may be kind of small, but I'm plenty tough. Yeah, you're a regular Mickey Goonie. Well, let's just slip these things on and we'll see what we can do with you. Okay, I'm ready. Now, pick up that iron bar with the weights on it. Yes, sir. Good, good. Now, let's try the other one. The one with a two-pound weight. <laughs> Come on, Jerry. You're, you'll always be kidded about your strength until you do something about it. Okay, Dean, I'll try. Now, let's limber up a little. Bend down and touch the floor with your fingertips. No, no, no. Keep your knees stiff. Stiff. Well, as long as I'm down here, I'll do some push-ups. I don't think you're ready for any more exercises today. I'll just leave you. You can fool around the way you want to. Okay. Dean, I wish I could get into one of these boxing rings and practice boxing. They all seem to be in use. No, there's one ring that's vacant, Jerry. Look at that trainer. He's balling out somebody right now. Now, you heavyweights are all alike. Too slow, too heavy on your feet. You gotta be on your toes in this business. Now go on home and try not to be so heavy on your feet next time. Gee, Dean, didn't that elephant look funny in shorts? Hey, Jerry, look who's coming across the gymnasium. It's John Garfield. Yeah, I wonder what he's doing here. Excuse me, but aren't you John Garfield, the movie actor? That's right. Oh. Well, I, I guess you don't recognize us, Mr. Garfield. I'm Dean Martin. This is Jerry Lewis. Never heard of him. Wait a minute, Mr. Garfield. We may not be very well known, but we've achieved some success. Yeah, we're over at the Copacabana nightclub. I sing, and Jerry's a very funny guy. Tells jokes, makes the people laugh. In fact, he's, his wit is so fast, it's like lightning. No wonder he's built like one of those rods. <laughs> but uh, seriously, Dean, I'm very glad to meet you. Well, tell the truth, boys. I don't get much time to go to nightclubs. You don't go to nightclubs? What do you do in the evening? Uh, well, I go home and go to bed. Gee, how did you ever think of that? How come you're not in Hollywood making pictures? Oh, I like to get away from Hollywood once in a while and do something in a legitimate theater. Uh, did you fellas ever uh, do anything legitimate? Did we ever do anything legitimate? Well, when Dean stopped hanging around with those guys at the pool hall who had the car swiping concession over in Brooklyn... Hey, don't be ridiculous. Mr. Garfield means did we ever do any legitimate performing, something dramatic. Oh, dramatic. Well, uh... Once we introduced the violinist... Was it, was it Yasha Heifetz who plays with the symphony? No, this was Yasha Fiedelbaum. He plays at the Oddfellow Weddings. <laughs> you know, Mr. Garfield, uh, you're one of Jerry's favorite actors. Really? Really? Yes. I admire you on a screen. Gee, in body and soul, the way you treated your women, like a caveman. Well, that's my system. You know, treat them rough. If the script says to grab my leading lady by the arm, I shove her first. And if it says to push them against the wall, why, I, I slug them, too, you see. Gee! You know, sometimes after a big love scene, my knuckles are so sore I can hardly stand it. Gee, and my girl hits me if I take all the armrests at a seat in the movies. <laughs> you see, uh, Jerry doesn't have much success romantically. Oh, that's too bad. Well, Jerry, uh, have you ever tried taking a ride through uh, Central Park on, on a moonlight night? Oh, Sure. We took a ride Saturday night. The moon was shining, the air was balmy, but I didn't get one single kiss. Well, wouldn't the girl cooperate? 
Girl? I took my dog. Jerry. Jerry, taking a dog on a moonlight ride through the park, nobody would do a thing like that. I would, I would but I'm only 23, 23 years old. old. What do I know? <laughs> Mr. Garfield, you don't know how much I'd give to be like you, even a little bit like you. Oh, Jerry, stop kidding. Why, there's lots of similarities between us. There are? Why, certainly. Why, we're, uh, I mean, uh, we're, uh, well, uh, we're both men. I'll give you two to one on that. <laughs> and that's exactly why we're down here at the gym today, Mr. Garfield. Yeah, I want to grow up, be tough, you know, like James Cagney. Boy, if I could only be like him. Now, look here, you guys... I know what the score is, see? You don't fool with me now. Take this gat and know what you're doing, Johnny. Hey, 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 hey that's pretty good. <laughs> Say, uh, you haven't told me why you came to the gym today. Well, Jerry's decided to get himself into condition. Huh? And since Jerry saw you in body and soul, he wants to become a fighter. A fighter? Well, don't make me laugh. Why, I've never seen such a panty waist. What's the matter? Well, look at you, all panty and no waist. <laughs> Well, you may think I'm frail, but actually I'm as hard as nails. Last summer I did the hardest road work in the world. Jerry, the hardest road work in the world? Sure. You know those construction gangs who build roads through the hot, burning deserts? Yes. And you know those great big boulders and rocks that they have to be broken up into little pieces? Yes. And all that tar and asphalt that has to be pounded and pounded till it's flat enough to make a highway? Is that what you did? No, I painted the white line down the middle. <laughs> well, that proves it, Jerry. And I was going to suggest that we spar for a couple of rounds, you know, just for laughs. Ah, oh, you'd murder Jerry. He, he doesn't know his left hand from his right. Now, why does everybody think I'm a mental incompetent? Well? Maybe I can rephrase that last statement. <laughs> well, come on, Jerry. If you want to spar around a little, I'm ready for you. Yeah? Well, I really feel like mixing it up for a couple of rounds, huh? Yeah? Sure. How about you? Yeah, how about that? Ah, uh, what's the matter? You're not yellow, are you? Me? Yellow? Uh, uh, uh. Well, you certainly look like you're yellow. Can I help it if I'm breaking out in lemon jello? <laughs> Go ahead, Jerry. Get into the ring with Mr. Garfield. That's what you came down here for, to get a workout. You're not afraid, are you? Afraid? Why, I'll go in there and I'll murder this guy. Stop it, will you, Dean? Why, I'll pulverize him. Dean, quit it. I'll break every bone in his body. Dean, will you stop it? What am I doing? You're shoving me. Now, don't worry, Jerry. What can happen? I'll take it easy with you. I won't hit you hard enough to bruise Margaret O'Brien. Promise? Promise. I won't hit you any harder than this. Just the tap. <laughs> I am Killer Margaret O'Brien. Tonight I fight Champ Garfield for the heavyweight title. It's almost time for the main event. Gee, I hate to go. It's so nice up here floating on this cloud of lemon jello. Jerry, relax. Lie back. You're on the training table in your dressing room. You gotta get ready for your big fight. Yeah, my big fight. Now, this is it, killer. You gotta get in there at the bell and start slugging. Yeah. They don't call me Killer Lewis for nothing. I'll murder this Garfield bum. I'll slash him. I'll crush his nose with my left. I'll close his eyes with my right. I'll bust his ribs and... Ah! Now, what was that for? I just happened to think, what if he hits me? <laughs> well, come on, killer, buck up. 
Where's your confidence? Don't worry about me. I've been practicing my old one-two. Practicing punching, eh? No, counting. <laughs> I got the fight all figured out, Dean. In the middle of the first round, throw in the towel. Don't forget that. Throw in the towel. You mean you're going to give up the fight? No, I'm going to wet one end of it and flip him unconscious. <laughs> this is going to be a great night for me. Can I come in? Florence, what are you doing here? Oh, I'm not the Florence you know. I'm the champ's girlfriend. The champ's girlfriend? Yeah, but there might be a vacancy. I'm getting tired of the way he kisses. Why? How does he kiss? The hard way. No lips. So you don't like the way the champ kisses, huh? Lean down here, baby. How was that? As far as I'm concerned, he's still the champ. <laughs> You're kind of cute, but I'm still grateful to him. He took me out of my old racket. What was your old racket? Typing letters on Corona cigars. <laughs> you still sound like Florence, our secretary. Oh, how can you say that? Don't you remember last night when you held me in your arms? You said I was the most glamorous woman in the world, more desirable than Hedy Lamarck. I said that? Yeah. I gotta get out of this boxing racket. I'm getting punchy. You better go now. I gotta take care of my friend here. So long. So long, baby. The championship fight will go on in a few minutes. Meantime, the crowd is watching the preliminary wrestling match between Gorgeous Smorgis and Ten Ton Tucker. They're in a tight clinch right now. Gorgeous has a cross-flying hammerlock on Ten Ton, who has a body scissors and toe twister on Gorgeous. Hey, killer, look at that match. What a match, huh? Yeah, gee, I didn't even know they were in love. And now Gorgeous gets ten ton over his head in an airplane spin. Around and around he goes and throws ten ton to the mat. Great Scott, ten ton crashed completely through the ring. There's nothing showing above the floor but his trunk and one tusk. Well, that's the end of that match. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we present the fight for the heavyweight title between the present champion, John Garfield, at 280 pounds, and the challenger, Keller Lewis, the 98-pound giant. Services will be held tomorrow. <laughs> well, the challenger, Killer Lewis, is leaving his corner. He goes to the center of the ring. Go on, Jerry. Okay. Ha! Huh. Take that. And that. And that. And that. Ooh. 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 How'd you like that one, punk? Ooh. 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 Take that. And now Garfield gets into the ring. <laughs> the crowd cheers. Hey, referee, I don't think you've met my fighter. Hiya, champ. I mean, champ. I mean, Chimp, I keep mean... Keep going, keep going. He's in there someplace. I'm the referee now. Let's make this a good, clean fight, man. First, I gotta take a look at your boxing gloves. Louis, your gloves are okay. Swell. Now let's take a look at yours, Garfield. <laughs> yours are okay, too. Wait a minute. What's all that stuff that fell out of his love? Iron pipes and horseshoes. Well, that's to penalize me, killer. I'm better than you are, and all that heavy iron will weigh my arms down so I can't hit you so fast. Yeah, that makes sense. Look, Garfield, I'm going to murder you. Yeah, I'm going to beat your brains out, Lewis. Well, I'm going to break both your arms, fracture your skull. Well, I'm going to smash you into a pulp. Okay, boys, go to your corners. Bye. Bye. <laughs> okay, killer, it's your big moment. Here's the bell for the first round. Now, go out to the center of the ring. Remember, you're a 98-pound giant. And don't forget your strategy. Yeah, my strategy. Okay. Where's that Garfield? You're ready, Garfield? Yeah, I'm ready. Help! Foul! 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 
Jerry, not yet. Wait till he hits you. <laughs> Why take chances? Foul! 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 Never mind all that faking, Lewis. Stand up and fight. I'm not worried. I'm a good boxer. I'm very scientific. Okay, throw a couple of punches and let's see if you can land one. Okay. <clears throat> I'm missing you. <clears throat> That's pretty good. Now get inside the ring and try it. <laughs> okay, here's an uppercut. <clears throat> here's a left jab. <clears throat> here's a right to the jaw. <clears throat> here's your teeth. Thanks. <laughs> and there's the bell ending round one. Lewis is going to his corner. He seems a little woozy. Come on, sit down on this stool. How do you feel? Great. I think I got his strategy all figured out. You got his strategy figured out? Yeah. He's trying to murder me. <laughs> well, remember what I told you. Make him keep hitting you on the head. We'll wear him down some way. And there's the bell for round two. The fighters are in a clinch. They're talking to each other. I'm warning you, Lewis. I'm warning you. If you don't stop following me, I'm going to give you my secret long-range rabbit punch. Your secret long-range rabbit punch? What's that? I jump outside the ring and throw Easter eggs at you. <laughs> you can't beat me, Garfield. I can weave too good. I can weave my way all around the ring. Look at the way I'm weaving right now. Yeah, you sure can weave, all right. Now put that knitting down and start fighting. Lewis is circling Garfield. He's keeping his distance. Now he's backing away. He's still backing away. Lewis is backing away farther, farther. Oops, they got him just in time. He was trying to signal a taxi on 8th Avenue. <laughs> I'm going to finish you off in this round, Lewis. Don't make me laugh. You couldn't beat me if you had the U.S. Marines helping you. Lewis is riddled with bullets. He's falling. He's going down. Jerry, get up. Get up, you yellow dog. What's a few bullets? It's too late. I'm finished. Ah, Jerry, get up. Jerry, get up. Huh? What? Where am I? What happened? Oh, Mr. Garfield just tapped you with the back of his hand and you fainted. You mean I wasn't in the ring fighting all this time? Of course not, Jerry. How do you feel, huh? All right, I guess. Only I got a funny taste in my mouth. What is it? I don't know. It tastes exactly like lemon jello. <laughs> Thanks, John. Good night. The Martin and Lewis Show, transcribed in New York, is produced and directed by Robert L. Red and written by Dick McKnight, Ray Allen, and Roger Price. This is Wayne Howell suggesting you tune into your NBC station every Sunday evening at the same hour for The Martin and Lewis Show. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for 